Our scripture lesson today comes from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 14, beginning at verse 15. One of the dinner guests, on hearing this, said to him, Blessed is anyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then Jesus said to him, Someone gave a great dinner and invited many. At the time for the dinner, he sent out his slave to say to those who had been invited, Come, everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of land, and I must go out and see it. Please accept my apologies. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I am going to try them out. Please accept my apologies. Another said, I have just been married, and therefore I cannot come. So the slave returned and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and said to his slave, Go out at once into the streets and lanes of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And the slave said, Sir, what you have ordered has been done, and there is still room. Then the master said to the slave, Go out to the roads and the lanes and compel people to come in so that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those who were invited will taste my dinner. May God bless this reading to our understanding. One of my favorite moments of the day was dinner. Most nights you could find mom, dad, my sister, and me sitting at the glass top table in our yellow and white kitchen. On the dinner table every night was sweet iced tea, a fresh green salad, and some kind of main course like fried chicken or chicken enchiladas. I have no idea how my mom pulled that off. But the best part was always that moment when the food had been enjoyed and now the table was empty of food and we just sat around the table talking, sharing stories of the day. My mom was a first grade teacher and she always had a story to tell, sometimes a story that had us laughing hysterically and sometimes a story that brought us to tears. My dad was in the cattle business, and he often had a wild tale to spin about one of the ranchers he was working with. Something very ordinary, and at the same time, pretty extraordinary, unfolded at that dinner table night after night. And so it makes sense to me that Jesus says that the kingdom of God is like a dinner Scholars of the Bible, including our own Dr. Mike Graves, often remind us that in the Gospel according to Luke, Jesus is either at a dinner or talking about a dinner most of the time. In today's passage, Jesus is doing both. In chapter 14, Jesus sits at table in the home of friends, and he tells story after story about dinner. Where should you sit at a dinner party? If you're the host, who do you invite to the dinner party? And do you remember that story about Jesus feeding the 5,000 on the hillside when no one thought there was enough food in the picnic baskets to feed everyone? And you remember how Jesus broke the bread and poured the wine just hours before the crucifixion at that feast that we recall every Sunday at this table. And do you remember that when Jesus was risen from the dead, that he appeared to friends on the road and they did not recognize him? 
until they sat down at a table and broke bread and shared some freshly caught fish and their eyes were opened. And do you remember that story about the son who went far away from home and got into lots of trouble and when he came home the father killed the fatted calf and had a great big dinner party to celebrate. What is so spiritual about a dinner party? How is it that the kingdom of God is like a banquet? Perhaps this idea does not originate with Jesus. In the Hebrew Bible, that Jesus would have grown up as a boy hearing read in the synagogue where he attended with his parents were these words from Isaiah. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wines, a feast of rich food filled with marrow of well-aged wines strained clear. I thought maybe I'll put that line from Isaiah on the front of the bulletin today. And then I thought no one will believe that that passage came from the Bible. It's so sensual. Perhaps the kingdom of God is sensual, like a feast that you can taste and smell that you can see the beautiful food. Perhaps Jesus is saying that the kingdom of God is not some abstract belief system, but rather something beautiful for us to savor right before our eyes, like well-aged wine, if we dare taste it. But surely there is more to it than delicious food. In today's passage, Jesus says, someone gave a dinner party and invited many. What makes the dinner party godly is that many are invited. That's why you and I were climbing the walls during the shutdown phase of the pandemic, because we taste the goodness of God's presence in communal experiences, not only when we sit in front of a TV screen or a computer screen alone. The Christian journey is not just about self-improvement or personal prayer. It involves immersing ourselves in the messiness of a dinner table. Hey, pass the potatoes, would you? Don't spill the juice now. Is there any more pizza? Could, could you have that last piece of pizza? Go ahead. Maybe Jesus wants us to see that the communal life A life well-lived for the sake of other people is what Jesus means by this banquet being like heaven. For instance, this past week I listened to an interview that Krista Tippett did with a scientist named Catherine Hayhoe. Dr. Hayhoe grew up in an evangelical church that was a key component to the fabric of her life. She said that she grew up always knowing that the Bible was God's written word, but the nature around her was God's expressed word. Both her grandmother and her father were trained science teachers, and so when she went to college, it was clear she would study astrophysics. But in her final semester of college, she took a course on climate systems. She learned in that class that climate systems didn't just impact the environment, but also people. She learned how people's health was being compromised 
by what was happening in the climate and that our food and our water and our national security are all shaped by what is happening with climate systems. But what really got Catherine's attention was when she realized that the people most severely impacted by climate change were the poorest of the poor. And as a Christian, that's what she thought her life was to be about, was being communally present to people who were suffering. And so she decided to no longer study the galaxies, but to dedicate her life as a scientist to studying climate systems. For her, the banquet of God is a life lived communally for the benefit of others. Or maybe Jesus compares the kingdom of God to a banquet because he wants us to remember that the feast of God is engaging, that it is something that happens between us. It's not just that God sets a table and vanishes. God is the host who invites us and waits for us to reply to RSVP. You know, at a, at a really good party, folks talk late into the night while the band plays just one more set. This past summer, Dave and I took our two eldest granddaughters on a little trip. We had some wonderful adventures on that trip. We swam in a waterfall. We swam with dolphins. We all learned to kayak and to paddleboard in the ocean. And we ate some amazing food, fish that we had never heard of before and fruits that we didn't even know existed. And we went out for breakfast and had those pancakes, which about this high of pancakes and about this high of whipped cream on top. It was a banquet every day. But eating out gets tiring. And so one night I announced to the little girls that we weren't going out to dinner and I reached into my suitcase and I pulled out two boxes of Kraft macaroni and cheese. You know, the kind you can get for 39 cents at Aldi? Well, we set the table with bowls of Kraft macaroni and cheese and some leftover fruit. And I was secretly hoping that the girls would not feel cheated, that we weren't doing anything special that night. But this was easier on the wallet. And as we sat down at the table, the 10-year-old said, this is what I love about our family. What, we said, what is it that you love about our family? I just love moments like this when we can just sit down and be together and, you know, no one is looking at their phones or any devices and we can just talk. And suddenly, mac and cheese, the boxed icky kind, it tasted like heaven. That's maybe what Jesus meant, that when we are with one another, truly engaged with one another, listening to one another carefully and looking at one another in the eye, that the kingdom of God has come close. Or maybe Jesus compares the kingdom of God to a dinner party, to a banquet, to remind us that God intends life to be joyful. Have you ever been in one of those situations where someone realized you were a Christian, or for me, a Christian minister, and they go, oh, like, like you never have any fun. But Jesus says God sets a banquet table. Last week, our youngest son, Connor, was in town for about 36 hours. 
It was his first trip home in 10 months. He's now traveling with a band that is on a national cross-country tour, so we only got to see him for a few hours. But in that time, he explained to us that when you play a concert late into the night and then you spend a couple more hours packing up the bus and then you get on the bus and travel all night and you get up in the morning in a new city and you do it all again, that it's hard to eat well. It's hard sometimes to even find a decent cup of coffee. And so before he left, I loaded him up with some healthy snacks and I snuck in a box of oatmeal cherry cookies that I had made. And when I woke up the next day, after he was long gone in the next city, I had a text. The time was 2.47. Mom, he texted me, the lead singer and the guitarist just had a 30-minute conversation about how good my mom's cookies are and how they are well-balanced like a musical chord. <laughs> and at that moment... I could taste the kingdom of heaven. And maybe that's why Jesus said what he did. It wasn't about the oats and the butter and the cherries. It was about the joy of sharing. Or maybe it wasn't about the food at all, but about who showed up at the dinner table. In the time of Jesus, most people lived without enough food on the table each day. And so a feast was truly unfathomable. Most were just barely getting by. But today's parable told by Jesus tells us that in addition to the landowners and the business leaders, in addition to the one percenters, that God invited to that banquet the poor and the lame and the crippled and the blind. This week, there's a new documentary coming out about Helen Keller and if you're like me, you grew up knowing one thing about Helen Keller. She was blind. That was it. But new publications have uncovered the depth of her story, how she traveled in a vaudeville act, how she worked tirelessly for women to get the right to vote, how she stood up for civil liberties and people of color. What a great advocate she was, very controversial at times. Jesus places at the banquet of God the blind person so that we can see that this is a real person. It is not just about inclusivity. It is about our need as a whole people to make room for everyone at God's table. Everyone is invited to this banquet. But what is unique about this particular parable that Jesus tells is even something more startling. After all, Jesus tells us so many stories about dinner parties. Why do we get one more? This parable focuses on the invitation process. Invitations go out. One regrets because he has to check on his newly purchased property. Another sends regrets because of a business obligation. Another has a very important family situation that requires immediate attention. These are not flimsy excuses. This isn't telling God, oh, I can't make it. I have tickets to the Chiefs, ballet, whatever you fill in the blank. I, I can't make it. 
No, these are real life obligations, economic, family, responsible stuff, important stuff. These people want to come to God's banquet, but they have priorities. They have good excuses. The kingdom of God is like a dinner party invitation. You can refuse it. You can. You can refuse it. God will set the lavish banquet table, but all who are invited will not taste the dinner. <laughs>